This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. You're listening to Minutia Men. But first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. On the next Back to You with me, Howard Sudbury, and my co-host Steve Baskerville. We will talk about my overuse of social media and Steve's non-use of it. What's wrong with me? Ah, that's a whole nother show. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to You, an OPI show. Only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hey. Hey, how are you? Uh, Rick. Yeah. I, you know, I feel for you. Uh, and not really. No. I mean, I never really feel for you. Uh, but I know how stressful it is running the board for our show remotely. Yeah. And you yeah. are not, you're not particularly savvy in that respect. What? But I want to, and in a, yeah, in a rare moment of gratitude, I want to thank you and I want to thank Tony. I want to thank your son, Tommy, and all the, I know this is a big deal. And all I have to do is just perform i show up i roll out of bed yeah. right but you've got you've got all the files and the clicky things and the whatever so thank you for all your effort well i i want to just say thank you for having a, a subpar uh uh device on Internet. which we can record <laughs> which which increases my stress level every week unnecessarily i just wanted to thank you for that and i also want to uh, say to uh you know, just the world in general. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, including some nationally uh, produced podcasts like uh, Conan O'Brien has got a great one. And you know what happens in his show? They There's screw-ups all the time probably, right? I mean, I, Technical I difficulties and the hosts have no idea how to fix it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, and they're all like, right. I don't know. What, what are you? And you hear somebody in the background, what, press A and then B. <laughs> no, the click, click. And like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how I feel every week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And I think our listeners, knowing full well the situation that we are finding ourselves in, will cut us some slack. And if they don't, yeah, screw you. Yeah. Right? Okay. I know. Yes. Um, hey. I got a story. You want to you sure, hear a story? Sure. That, uh, a grocery story. Um, how are you guys getting groceries? Are you the are you the gatherer? Or are you the one who's risking life and limb to get groceries? How are you getting groceries? Uh, Bridget and I are, are pretty much uh, switching off. Okay. Um, I've been out a few well, times. I've had the- I've had some stressful. Okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm not handling the anxiety very well these days, <laughs> and and so Bridget well, has been going more often lately. I've been doubling up on my Zoloft prescriptions, so I've got like six months worth if you need some. Oh, I might. Well, I might. Come to the Dave's turn. So, well, I'm like you. I'm very anxious about going grocery shopping, and I really try to go to the times where there's le- you know least amount of people and the, and, the, and the shelves are stocked the most, right? Right. Um, so I decided, and I read an article, Tuesday – Mornings are the best days to go grocery shopping. Yeah, until okay. you just told everybody. Now, now they're all <laughs> yeah. gonna go. Right. Yeah. You know what? For the pe- we're number six. <laughs> uh, I don't give a shit. Give a shit if there's a run in Costa Rica. Uh, so I went. I checked online when the you know when Whole Foods was gonna open. It got there at like eight ten in the morning on Tuesday morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I walk to the door of Whole Foods and I see a big sign that says open for the general public at nine, eight o'clock to nine o'clock are senior hours for people age 65 and above. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm like, shit. So I go back to my car and I'm, and I, I figured, all right, well, it's only like 45 minutes. I'll go to my car. I'll piddle around my phone, listen to sports radio, you know, whatever. Maybe call Rick and see how he's doing. You know, I figured no big deal. So I'm sitting in my car looking at the front door as I see people walking into Whole Foods, right? I 
look at me in the rearview mirror. I look at them. I look again, me at the rearview mirror, and I totally think I'm like, I can totally do this. Odds are I am totally going to be able to pass for being 65. This isn't a rare moment of self-awareness, Rick, okay? <laughs> okay. So I get it. So I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go do it. So I put on my mask, you know, and I start walking to the front door, and I started to feel, do you remember like 40 years ago that trying to get into a bar when you're underage feeling? Yeah. Do you remember uh-huh. that? Don't okay. ask for my ID. Don't ask for my ID. Don't ask for my ID. <laughs> uh, so I kind of felt that a little bit. Uh, so I get the cart, you know, and as I'm walking into the, you know, that second door, when you go to the grocery store, I hear, excuse me, sir. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I had a simultaneous um, feeling like I'm, oh, shit, I got busted. And also happy, huh, I don't look 65 and this person's calling, uh, calling me on. So, so the woman who says, excuse me, sir, you know what she says right afterwards? Uh, no. Uh, do, do you need any extra assistance, sir, shopping today? <laughs> uh, so uh, not only are you a senior, but you're a senior in need. <laughs> right. Uh, but another thing that I noticed, first of all, it's great. If, if anybody is close to being 65 or looks like they're 65, I say you take advantage of Tuesday hours. Actually, I don't say that because that would be mean and we would be taking spots away from people that really need it. But um, one of the things I did note, one of the things I did notice when I was walking around, probably the first time in my life, I was one of the most attractive men in <laughs> with the, the mask, <laughs> with the mask. But, but from the I, from the top of your nose up, you right, are that, gorgeous. Right. But I think that I turned some heads. There was, I'm sure there was some like a Sadie Saperstein there that looked at me going, how you doing? I'm like, Hey, how you doing? So, uh, yeah, well, that's great. yeah. Uh, well, uh, you uh, know, we have, and we got, go ahead. No, go on. You were, you were, seg- you were sagging. I was sagging. I was sagging the fact that we have a, a big show for everybody. They should, you know, buckle up because we've yeah. got two guests on. Again, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, John Rickards Landecker, who is uh, this week being inducted into the National Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame. We're just going to talk to him very quickly, uh, but we also have a comedian named Dwayne Kennedy, who is a Emmy Award winner. Uh, he's from Chicago, and he happens to be a very funny man. And we have some uh, proof of that. If I can play that for you, do you mind, Dave? Uh, sure. I got to go back. I'm, I'm uh, from Chicago. I don't know if anybody else is, but uh, I like it. The uh, summertime in Chicago is beautiful. Only thing I hate about summer in Chicago, white folks with tans. <laughs> hey, I'm almost as dark as you. <laughs> See me in October. <laughs> Although that's not really true because white folks got tanning booths, right? right? They can stay dark all year round, right? I wish they had that for black people, man. You know, like whitening boots, you know what I mean? Just, you know, just go in, get a little whiter, you know what I mean? Like, uh, turn it up to 12, I'm trying to get a job. <laughs> you know. Matter of fact, hey, turn it up to 20, I want to be supervisor. That's Dwayne Kennedy, very funny comedian, uh, Chicagoan, and uh, we'll be talking to him a bit later on in the show. Um. I, I have one more thing before our start our start, start our show. Okay. Um, we got an email. We don't ever get emails. What? Okay. Okay. I know. We we got an email, um, and uh, I would like to read it to you. Dear Rick and Dave. Okay. Even on emails, they put your name first. Kind of pisses me <laughs> off. Okay. An email that's going to you. Uh, yeah. Right. Dear Rick and Dave. Last week, I had a second quarter budget meeting with the finance team on Zoom. Needless to say, I didn't want to be there. So I took your advice and found a metal tape measure and put it over my webcam camera, hoping it would create some sort of staticky effect, like you guys said. Uh-oh. Honestly, I don't I honestly I don't know how it looked on my coworker's screen, but everybody started saying, Mark, Mark, are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> I immediately bailed from the call. I owe you guys one. Sincerely, Mark Colmer. That's awesome. Yeah, Except so, now you've just exposed him. Yeah, good point. Oh, shit. No, uh, uh, Mark Kamaza. 
Bar- yeah, yeah from all right. Costa Rica. <laughs> well, I'm glad that worked. Mm, ah, all right. Who says we're not technical? Let's uh, let's give him some minutia too. Okay. All right. All right go, here we go. go. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes, and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. All right. What do you got, Dave? All right, this story comes from our neighbors to the south, Rick, Kentucky. I'm not sure we've ever done a story from Kentucky. <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> a supermarket clerk in Lexington noticed a patient had cut a hole in her face mask right where her mouth should be. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe, Joe from who, on, from who now from now on will be referred to as our hero, had the presence of mind to start filming the woman. Okay. I sent you the audio. Do you have the audio? I do. Do you want to hear it? Yes, yes. All right, here we go. So this girl's coming in with her mask on. Y'all need to see this. Hey, Joe, look at this ghetto-ass mask. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How you doing? Pretty good. I need 10 on pump one, please. Uh, where'd you get that mask from? Well, since we have to wear them and it makes it harder to breathe, it just makes it a lot easier to breathe. Cutting it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that, too. Thanks for the advice. Appreciate you. <laughs> So what I've seen the video here because it's uh, attached to it. What she did is she cut a hole around her mouth so that she could breathe better, which defeats the whole purpose of the mask. Boarding uh, Joe's video had been shared seven hundred and thousand times. Oh my god! All right, and just so you know, your phone is crapping out a little again. Uh, I'm sorry, um, but that's uh, that's uh, that's where we are. Uh, I have some minutia for you. If you'd like to hear, would you like to hear about a dream uh, resolution to the coronavirus situation in England? I would. Okay, friends Steve Pond and Dom Townsend consider themselves lucky to be sharing apartment above the Prince in Stoke, Newington, North London. Like all British pubs, it's closed until further notice as part of the government measures the slow spread of the coronavirus. Inside, the chairs are turned upside down on tables, blackboards advertise sporting events long since canceled, and pots and pans gather dust in the kitchen. I moved in just a couple of months before the lockdown, which was worked out well considering, said Townsend, now the assistant manager after after starting as a barman, with no crowds to serve, he and Pond, the 39-year-old, they they have the bar to themselves. They play <sighs> improvised crazy golf on the wooden floor. They take on each other at chess. They've got a barbecue on the roof that they have that they can use whenever the weather's good and all the free beer they can drink. <laughs> oh my god. That do you do you know how many times I've been in a bar and I look around and think, you know, I could live here. Exactly. Right? And these two guys, they didn't really know each other when this started, but we've ended up as friends. It's been nice. We can't complain. We got fresh beer on tap, he said, pouring a pint uh, while he was uh, handing it next to his uh, his buddy who had a sand, hand sanitizer on the bar. Now, that could be the perfect place to spend quarantine. Yeah, and I suspect that I could, like, be quarantined with Osama bin Laden in a pub. And I'd be like, he's okay. He's a nice enough guy, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, pass I, I, the crisps. I was trying to think of uh, what would be a more perfect place to be. I, I could only come up with one place. And you, I don't know if you know who this is. You know who Padma Lakshmi is? No, I do not. She is the uh, one of the hosts of Top Chef. Oh, okay. Have you have you ever seen that show? I thought, no, I, I know. I know Top Chef, sure. So she is... Absolutely stunning, beautiful woman. Uh, she is uh, of Indian descent, tall, mm-hmm. gorgeous, and she cooks. Oh, my God. So I was thinking the better place, the only place I could think of that would be better than being stuck in that bar, in that, bar, in that pub, would be to be stuck in Padma's house. Uh, also an Ikea. I think living in an Ikea would be okay. Yeah. As long as, as, long as they have the guy who makes the Swedish meat. There too, and they've got enough uh, little uh, um, uh, toothpicks that you can eat yes. the food with. Yeah, but you know what? If it's if I'm the only one eating them, I'm just grabbing them by my hands. I don't really touch this, right? Wow, that's who you really are, huh? Yeah, whatever. Um, hey, Rick. Yeah. 
Do you have the Jenkins jingle? When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Okay, what do you got? Uh, Rick, I don't know if you know this, but there are some Jenkinses that work for the government. <laughs> what? I know, I know, right? Uh, Native American Health Center asked for COVID-19 supplies, but instead... They got a large shipment of body bags. Ooh. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. Uh, There's so many mid- layers on that. <laughs> in mid-March, as the Seattle region was grappling with the coronavirus, a community health center uh, caring for the area's Native American population made an urgent request to county, state, and federal health agencies for medical supplies, masks, and PPEs. Um when they received their shipment three weeks later, obviously they were not <laughs> uh, not exactly priority uh, mail, right? The team turned ghost white as they opened up the package. Pal, or they found a huge box of body bags. Oof. Okay, uh, the health sports center serving six thousand people a year uh, still have the packages, and they're zipped up. They're all they're very nice white bags. I saw them with a really nice toe tag that says attached to toe on it in case you wondered where to put the toe tag. Um, so they got that instead. Now, as you know, I've had a storied and very successful career in cha- in in supply chain distribution and management. <laughs> yes, you right, have. Rick? Yes, of right. course. And I have made my share of mistakes, like the time I sent three truckloads of 65 pound mat covered in Nordic press in new hope minnesota when it should have gone to the nordic press people in still Glendale talking Heights. about it they're still talking about that one so i can kind of see how this happens they put the wrong skew number on and earthy and order entry didn't notice it you know so i can kind of understand what my real concern is is that the guy in the warehouse just picked the big case the big pallet <laughs> of body bags he must be doing it three or four times a day. It's like not a new thing. Well, that's right? true. That's a good <laughs> you know? point. So he's like, oh, yeah, I screwed up, but, you know, I'm shipping these things all over. But uh, right. just imagine so, the, the messages being sent when they open it up and they've got mm-hmm. the toe tags and the body bags and it's being sent to an Indian reservation. <laughs> you know, there there have been a couple yeah, of know. years of, uh, I don't want to say bad feelings back and forth <laughs> between the U.S. government and the Indian right. reservation. Right. Uh, this uh, could not have gone over well. Uh, I remember when I used to screw up and send paper to the wrong printer, I'd always say, Something like, "Hey, can you keep it on? Your, keep it on your floor in case you need it at some time." Um, I'm hoping that was not the response of the government. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that story. Uh, we we have uh, time for another segment here. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the story where we reach our hand into a jar, pull out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity. And we have, uh, we don't really have the jar around right now because Dave is in a, a, a different location and so we just decided I'm going to just some tell some stories in the meantime while we're going through this COVID, uh, this this virus nightmare. And today I want to tell you about Willie Mays, Dave. Oh, I have a Willie Mays story, too. Well, it's, it's the same story. The same story. <laughs> okay, good. Huh? Well, I want to bring it up because he turns 89 years old this week. Uh, so happy birthday, Willie. Here's a little stat for you about Willie Mays. He's the only player in history to have hit at least one homer in every inning through 16 innings in his wow. career. That's kind wow. of a cool stat, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah, That's, that's minutia, ladies and gentlemen. But here's the here's the Willie Mays story. Dave and I uh, were in Arizona for spring training, and we were there with our buddy Dane Placco, and the three of us went to this uh, – what, what was the name of that place called? It was like Nick and Betty's or something. No, wasn't it like the Pony or the like Pink Pony or something like that? It's very famous in Scottsdale, right? Wasn't it Scottsdale right. or yeah, yeah? So it was. A, it's a place where the baseball people hang out, apparently. So 
So we went there uh, to have some dinner, and sitting in the lobby was uh, a lump of human flesh <laughs> that resembled Willie Mays. Would be a good way of describing it. Yeah, I, I would have been Willie. Rick said that I would have said you look. <laughs> Great, but go on, sure. Well, he didn't look great. Let's be honest. It, it, and he, he did, he so did. we went up and talked to uh, his handler, um, and the handler, you know, told us what the how much was it? Like two hundred bucks for a, an autograph? Yeah, it was two hundred bucks. I went to his Say Hey Kid Foundation. I still have. So go on. So hey, right. So ahead. you decided to go ahead and get it. But part of the deal was that you could not speak to Willie. Remember? Uh, and and look him in the eye. I right. no, I couldn't. I couldn't look at him, or I could not speak to him. Uh, right. And I give me believe... your two hundred bucks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, right. But he took that, I think. But he was sitting there motionless, like I like we thought. We thought to ourselves. It's possible that he can't speak anymore or move or anything. Um, it, it was like when I said he, he looked like a lump of human flesh. I mean, he, he still looks like Willie Mays, but, you know, we had no evidence of any kind that he was still alive. It was like weekend at Bernie's. Uh, I think that was five years ago, too, or I how know. many years ago? So Well, when we left that place, I remember both you and Dane, who are involved in this ghoul pool. <laughs> we're discussing, hey, we got to get Willie Mays on our list. <laughs> am yeah. I wrong or am I correct about that? Uh, yeah. You're cutting out, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. So anyway, that is our maybe not so nice Willie Mays story. but uh, right. Yeah. right after the body bag story. Way to go, Rick. <laughs> All right. So we, we have other stuff we can do. All right, all right, go on. Yeah, yeah, go on. I was going to tell a very, I was going to tell a really witty statement. Don't forget it, though. Forget it. Go ahead. All right. Well, you know, what, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do an interview in a moment here that you're not even in. <laughs> okay. Sure. I did it go without you. <laughs> okay. Go I knew it. that you were going to be a problem with your little uh, crapping in and out phone. And so I called John Records Landecker at his house. And I just recorded a quick little interview, and uh, we're going to play that for you in just a, uh, just a bit. But just so you know, Dave, he did notice that you were not there. <laughs> uh, yeah, he probably he probably busted wise too, didn't he? <laughs> he might have busted wise about it. Yes, he did. Uh, but so we'll have him, and then we'll also have Dwayne Kennedy, a great Chicago comedian. He's coming up too. So lots to wait for. Uh, you just have to wait a few seconds here. We'll be right back. This week on Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview, we talk with... Cousin Oliver and the Brady Bunch, Robbie Rist. You only did six episodes. And it was Weird. the last six. Which is why I get credit for being, you know, the guy who killed the show. <laughs> it's pretty good, actually. If a nine-year-old kid had the power to take down a television <laughs> yeah, 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 like right. that, well, I just can't believe I never got work as an industrial saboteur. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Minutia Men, Celebrity Interview, an opie show only on the radio misfits podcast network great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com and we're back time now for the celebrity minutia minute hey you got a minute celebrity minutia minute with rick and dave okay special guest uh, on the phone uh we have a, a hall of famer now we're just we're losing track of the number of Hall of Fames that you've been in. You're you know in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, you're in. The, no wait. I know. No, don't no, let, we're not getting into that. <laughs> we're not getting into that. You're in the Radio Hall of Fame, the National Radio Hall of Fame, and now you are in the National Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Congratulations, John Records Landecker. Thank you. You know what this means. I'm going to be dead soon. <laughs> now, uh, th there's a big thing that the uh, you know the uh, the award was supposed to be handed out on the 20th of April, um, but yeah. of course the virus stepped in, and obviously they're not doing that now. But they are doing it live, uh, virtually. Well, they're virtually, which which is not live, is it? My part isn't. No. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know how they're going to pull all that off. Um, the, the, obviously, it's 
online. You know what I mean? It's not, it's on the internet. Right. Um, just like every other virtual thing has been doing. And I did, I've already done my part. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, so I, I was, it, it's going to be on May 14th <laughs> at the uh, nabshowexpress.com. But I was hoping yeah. that you could give yeah. us a little like a uh, preview, like a, uh, uh, just a couple of uh, snippets of the sort of thing that people okay. might see. When when does this when does this run? This runs on Saturday, <laughs> so like in a couple. Well, of days. I got to tell you something, Rick. Yeah, I I must have done it all in about maybe seventy seconds, ninety <laughs> seconds. I, I don't know. It, it, it was uh, not elaborate. Um, there's really not that much to say about it. Um, well, you know, the other people... The, a, oh, go ahead. No, wait. There's, there's a good joke at the end, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay, good. So so there, okay. there's there's reason for people to tune in right there. I think, it would, I think people would find it humorous. Okay. Now, did yeah. you see the I'm, list of other people uh, that are in this Hall of Fame? I have seen it. Uh, I'm still sort of baffled me how <laughs> I could be included, but you know, if that's what they want to do, I'm certainly not going to stop them. The but, other yeah. ones from Chicago yeah. include Larry yeah, Lujek, Dick Orkin, Tom yeah. Joyner, Wally yeah. Phillips, Harry Carey, and yeah. Paul Harvey. That's a pretty good list. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, the thing that, well, not only that, but they only do it one at a time. You know, right. like the, the National Radio Hall of Fame had, I don't know how many people were there that night. So Bobby Bones they, is not in this year? <laughs> that was the first question I asked him. No. Uh, what was the name of that guy that hosted that, that jerk? Oh, my God. Oh, uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Right? God, I hate that guy. Ramsey. God, uh so, uh, look here, it says uh, records says you mean to leave. How about that? Hey, you dick, why don't you friggin' do some show prep? Exactly. God. Exactly. You know, uh, Bob Surratt and I were talking about it. I, I probably mentioned this to you, that the room was, like, dead. You know what I mean? Like, trying oh, to read yeah. the audience. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, there. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was... Yeah, it, it was, like, dry. It was, like... I couldn't believe it. You did a it joke, was, if I re, if I recall, about show prep in the first few seconds, yeah. and the and it was quiet, yeah. like nobody knew what you were talking yeah. about. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A radio crowd doesn't react to show prep. Okay. See, that's mm. what happens when you charge 250 bucks a table or where you know no a kidding. seat. Oh, I mean, that's more than that. yeah, no, that's it's true. More than that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Now, but I gotta say, you know, it was originally scheduled to be in Las Vegas. I'd never been to Las Vegas. In fact, the whole schedule had been set. They had made the airline reservations, um, and then the COVID nineteen came, and so no trip to Vegas, none of that. And um, one of the people, when I was recording on Monday, <clears throat> said, "You know." Not on the recording itself, but while we were setting it up, um, you know, sorry you didn't get to Vegas. And I said, no, I'm no. This is much better. <laughs> it no, is. No, it is. No drugs. No hookers. <laughs> no gambling. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I thought it, it's totally unique. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like this has never happened before. You bet I want to do it. Yeah, that's a good you know, that's anyway, a good way of looking at it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Who knows what it's going to be like from now on? True. Every year, I don't know, but um, who's going to forget twenty twenty? Nobody for like a zillion different reasons. That's true. You know. So, well, congratulations because uh, didn't you didn't bother me at all. I I think it's great that you're in the Hall of Fame there. You know, I've never how heard of this Hall of Fame. <laughs> but, how, come I, how come I don't hear Dave talking? Where's Dave? What's he doing? He's on his way <laughs> over here. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, we've only got so much time. I've got a golf <laughs> tea time later. <laughs> you don't golf. I, yeah, I am. I'm taking my, my youngest son, Sean, golfing. What? Yeah, yeah. When did you start golfing? Well, I don't, I mean, I've got, I'm on a golf Wait, course. I have this, clubs in my hand. Is this a miniature golf course or a regular? No, golf a course? real one, like big boy. What? Big boy golf. What? When did this happen? No, I'm not any good at it. Well, I didn't. Need, who is? Yeah. Nobody. Good point. How long have you been golfing? Uh, Good afternoon and welcome to the John Lander Podcast. <laughs> uh, Rick Kepler is my guest. Rick, how long have you been golfing? Uh, since about 77. What? I mean, like how twice we... a year. I, I think all the time that we worked together, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't golf at all never, when we I worked mean, I together. Heard about, I heard about Kerry Wood's 20 strikeout game 9 million times, but I never heard anybody mentioning golf. <laughs> well, you got me there. I didn't golf a lot when we worked together. <laughs> Do you own clubs? I do. I have I have three oh sets of God. clubs. What? Yeah. This is like a secret life. <laughs> I know. I have a dog now too. Oh, I know that. Yeah. No. Okay. Dog. I I, I understand. Golf. Wow. I'm, I'm branching out. I'm Man, exploring new I, worlds. I tell you. I guess so. <laughs> By the way, just oh, so you know, you know, I gotta got be. What? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Tommy, my son Tommy, is working on a King of Farts video. <laughs> so, you know. I can't wait. As a Hall of Famer, <laughs> you'll want to be associated with that. <laughs> well, you know, the track record is out there for anybody to look at. They knew before they gave me this award that I did a song about farts. That's right. They knew. <laughs> you know, I mean... But I am looking forward to seeing it. Oh, wait. Sure, there is something else. What? Um, there's a package, you know, like a video package yeah. of something uh, that runs, which I haven't seen. And I think that, oh, here, I'll tell you something. So they wanted to see if I could, if, um, this is a while ago now, uh, have people record like some testimonial things. Uh-huh. You know, like, so I tried to put together a eclectic uh, group of people. So I'll tell you who they are. Yeah. And then we'll yeah. see if, they, if they're on it. Okay, we had John Guerin. That's a good one. Who yeah, we all worked with. Um, then, uh, let's see, who else? Ellen Kay, who was a morning show host in Los Angeles who used to work with Rick Dees and uh, Ryan Seacrest, okay. who has gone on record in interviews in the L.A. Times uh, that she listened to, you know, John Records, Landecker at night. She's from Indiana. Okay, that's um, good. So I believe she's doing one. Then Amy and Bradley wanted to do one together, so I, I, I'm sure they did. Okay. Um. Greg Eckler. Oh is, yeah, the guy in Toronto. Yeah, from, exactly. He's got. He's doing one. So I got. That's it, right? I got Garen Eckler, uh, Ellen Kay, uh, Amy, and Bradley. Yeah. Great. So I'm a. I, I have not seen any of those. Um, in fact, I have not received any confirmation that those people actually did anything. <laughs> I, I know that I know that Amy and Bradley did because hell they're family. Yeah. Right. Uh, so by the way, we um, had them on the podcast about a month ago. Yeah, so I heard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I heard about all my great parenting. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun that was a fun interview though. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Those two are good. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um so that, I guess that's a little sneak preview okay. uh, to those who are interested in that kind of thing. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they say. Cause, and, and also what, what they're going to do, I think it's going to be like an hour. My my part is only going to be, I think the whole thing would probably be about seven minutes. Okay. Including, oh, who knows? Wait a minute. Maybe ten. Uh, there's an introduction. Uh, then there's uh, the package that they have, and then 
the award. Oh, and I already have the award. Oh, really? Uh Yes. What what does it look like? It is quite impressive, Rick. It has got to be weigh five or six pounds. It's crystal. You know what I mean? It's like this crystal tower that has a thing on the top uh, that says, you know, NAB, and then a base that has uh, a plaque on it. On each, it's reversible. <laughs> it's the same. Wow. It's yeah, yeah. Oh, it is quite impressive. I gotta say. So, where um, is the actual Hall of Fame? Got me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I didn't even ask. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's probably a wall somewhere. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, know. You know what I mean? Yeah. In some basement. Right. It's yeah. It's not like oh, let's go to the museum of national national association of broadcasters. Look at everything. Yeah, you know, it's what could it possibly be? Um, yeah, I know, I get it, I get it, but I, you know, it's still these, cool. These it's, are more, these are more, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, symbolic. Isn't it nice They're though? All Isn't it nice They're to be recognized? Virtual. Well, sure. Yeah, I of mean, of course. Yeah, I, but I mean, you know, there's no any Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? It's That's like, true. You don't go to California and walk in and say, where are all the Emmys? <laughs> right. Um, That's true. So. All right. You well, know. I just wanted to check in I with you. Sorry I missed you, Dave. Sorry I missed you, Dave. We're trying to take over the show without you. <laughs> Typical. Typical of them. Uh, one of these days it's going to work. <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you can always you can always count on me for a good podcast segment whenever you're hard up. Well, thank you very much, John. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. All right, bye bye. Bye. All right, we have to take a break, but Minutia Men will be right back. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, we talk about those cars you may hate but still love. Quirky Euro exotics, anybody? Plus, cars for real cheapskates. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay, he's a comedy writer, comedian, a social critic, an Emmy winner, and a Chicagoan. Lucky to have him on our show. Please welcome, uh, live from the uh, Hyannis Port Kennedy compound, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dwayne Kennedy. Hey, yeah, no, I don't, uh, I don't get invited to those reunions. No, you're not, uh, not part of that Kennedy clan. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he came about it two different ways. So, well, no. your uh, first uh, full-length CD comes out tomorrow. It's called "Who the Hell Is Dwayne Kennedy." And obviously, you haven't recorded that recently because all the comedy clubs are closed. When, when, and where did you record that? I recorded that in eighteen at the Punchline in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, yeah. Oh, we're gonna turn into good stuff. Well, I'm just saying we played we played a clip from your uh, album earlier in the show, which is hilarious. Um, oh, thanks, Dave. Did you have a question? No, I, you know, I understand that the people who buy your CD will also find the answer to age-old questions, and this is one that I've always thought about. Um, why are most serial killers white? White serial killers, that's, yeah, that's, you know, why is that? I think it's because white folks got that work ethic. I think two things begat a, a good serial killer. I think it's not just being white, although I think that's a crucial component. I think it's also just having disposable income. You need that, I would assume, to be a good serial killer to get all the requisite serial killing equipment that you need. You know, that's why if you ever notice when serial killers get caught, they are a serial killer and then they have another job, I guess, to supply their serial killing. You know what I mean? Uh, he, the cat was a serial killer and also assistant manager at Quiznos or... <laughs> 
so he could get all his cereal equipment. You know what I mean? You know, brother, brother might want a cereal kill, but he's not working. <laughs> like, hey, dog, I'm gonna kill everybody in the city. You know, till till my bus pass run out. Hey, dog, can you come pick me up? Uh, no, I was out serial killing. And my bus pass ran out. Hey, can you bring a shovel? And some rope and some lie and some tape. Hey, dog, this is like the fourth time this week I done had to come pick you up. Like, I hey, I told you, if you ain't got the money to be out there serious, you can't be doing like them white boys. <laughs> hey, why you stepping on my dream? <laughs> I'm just a young black psychopath trying to make it. <laughs> now, you won your Emmy for the show United Shades of America, which you did with uh, Kamau Bell, and you, you did yeah. some great work with him also on that show, Totally Biased, where you'd come out, you'd do rants on subjects, and if, just for people out there who want to look it up on YouTube, uh, there's one you did about the butler, which is just unbelievably great. Um, I recommend it. Uh, he is also one of the producers of this album, though, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is. So you guys yeah. have been hooked up for many years over many different uh, uh, projects. How how did you guys meet each other, and, and what's the origin of that? Well, he, uh, we met in, I think, 94, and he was just uh, getting into comedy, and I was just getting back into comedy, so I was actually uh, I had I had been in been doing comedy. I was out in L.A., and then I had come back to Chicago, and I was I wasn't doing comedy. I was washing windows because uh, that's the only other thing I'm qualified to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, which uh, is fine, you know, windows got to be clean. But um, so I started getting back into comedy, and I uh, just you know started looking around for places where I could go up. And there was a joint up on uh, on Glenwood in Rogers Park called uh, No Exit Cafe. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but um, so I started, you know, just looking for spots to go up. Oh, this is, you know, this is a place I can go up. So I went up there, and and that's where I met him. And then, you know, we just became good friends, great friends. And over the over the years, and then he he moved to San Francisco, maybe about '97. And uh, that's when he really started to really like grow and evolve as a comedian, and you know, you know, his point of view started to crystallize. But we always stayed in touch, and I would go out there sometimes, he'd come to Chicago sometimes, and uh, he just said, "Man, you know, he said if I ever," and you know, through the years, he'd come and support me, and you know, different various things, and then it, uh, it got to a point he started he developed his own show. And he was touring with uh, the, the W. Kamal Bell Curve, How to Solve Racism in About an Hour. So that took off, and it had some interest. And he said, "Man, if I ever get a if I ever get a TV show, man, I want you on it." And you know, people say that. Yeah, a lot. exactly. And you're, you, you heard that. But if I ever get famous, if I ever get rich, uh -huh. you know, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. And that was that was great. That was uh. Because there was a lot of stand up, you know, who wrote on the show and Kamal's thing was if you if you do if you're a performer and you write on this show, you're obligated to write something for yourself to appear on the show. So he was very generous. Well that's that pretty unusual. Yeah. I know, sure. man. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's those past my how can I get me and more me on the show? Yeah, right, you know? exactly. Yeah. So we did that. And it was, it was a great experience. It's, it's sort of an aspect of the show that kind of that he's taken with him for the United States because he would do man on the street, you know, interviewing mm -hmm. people on the street. And I would generally, maybe say 97% of the time, I would go with him. So we'd go out and, you know, find people. He'd talk to people on the street. And then it'd be a thing where if I thought of something, he could ask a, you know, ask a, uh interviewee. 
or if I thought of something, an idea, I need to stop down and I can, you know, whisper to them. So that would, that would be my thing. Um, but now, with the United States, man, he's just become such a pro at that. And he, he really doesn't need... Oh, he's, I mean, he needs he's people, but not in the same way. You know? yeah, yeah, you've been a writer. I mean, you've had a hell of a career. You've been a writer for Arsenio Hall. You've been on... Shit, I think you've been on virtually every late-night talk show. You've been on Letterman, Conan, Kimmel. Any good Hollywood stories from doing those shows? Any... Uh, Anyway, how the sausage is made, can you tell us? Oh, man. Uh, well, this is a story people tell all the time. Not all the time, but it's a common. I've heard it more than once where I actually I auditioned for a television show, and the part was written for me. And I didn't get it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man, you know, hey, when, hey, when you fail at being you, then there's no more failing left to do. <laughs> you know? I love that. So I didn't I didn't know this until we booked you, but uh, you were also on an, an early Seinfeld episode. Yep. Wasn't it was the, was Seinfeld. that the Dingo Ate My Baby episode? Yes, it was. So what, yep. what was that like? Well, how was how was that experience? Oh man, that was great. I that was in my first uh, cycle in Hollywood. That's when I first went out. That was from the first time I went out there. Uh, and I had done. I initially went to L.A. to audition for this show called Two Two Seven. I don't know if you ever heard of yeah, it. Yeah, sure. But Jack yeah. A. So they. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, okay. So I wound up doing a guest spot on two two seven. When you do uh sitcoms, you know, you rehearse it's, it's like a it's almost the closest thing to a just an eight hour day, you know, a traditional work week. So you right. you know, it's, it's a five day week and you go in, you rehearse. So I'm there, man, the first day of rehearsal, I'm I'm I think I'm like an hour early, you know. I don't <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> Where is everybody? Yeah, right. you know, no, no, I might not be good, but I'm going to be punctual. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I go to I go to Sunset Gower Studios, which is where they started, and I'm there, and I'm early, man. I'm sitting at this long table because they have the, all the actors and the writers and the producers, and you know, so I'm sitting there. So finally, some other people kind of come in, and then finally, Doc A walks in. And she walked directly to me and says, first thing out of her mouth, uh, you're sitting in my chair. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I, I said, oh, you know, I, I, I know I could have said hello, but I, I just want to tell you, you're sitting in my chair. That's my chair. That's my chair. Okay? <laughs> no problem. I get up, and it's a long table, man. So I walk all the way to the furthest opposite end of the table and sat there. Okay, no problem. So that was my first experience in a, you know, with her. And I didn't speak to her again. I didn't speak to her for the rest of the week. To, to the point where, you know how people, I think at some point she was trying to engage me in conversation at some point during the week. Like, no, 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 that's it. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> stepping in anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm got, not even going to eat the bagels on the on the tray anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm I'm quite familiar, uh, you know, with this people from like at the clubs and stuff. I don't need it, you know. So I'm like, no, nah, man. So that was my first experience. That was a, uh, you know, I guess a still big story, but but, oh man, what was I going to tell you though? That well, was, then uh, we're talking about Seinfeld, right? That, oh. <laughs> It was just the opposite with that. It was it was a great set to work on. Everybody's punctual and uh you know, again I auditioned for it. Mark Herstel brought me in, did the audition. And that's that's the thing, man, with with show business. It's funny in show business. You never hear no. You either hear yes or you hear nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just audition for something. You either doubt the part or you just don't hear anything. Right. So I knew, like, like moments after I looked out, this was the science that I had gotten it, and that was that was a uh, that was a cool experience. And you know, 
funny, of course, obviously. And but and and Larry David, I I never met him before, but I I was on a show that he was on in New York, just at a at a comedy club called the uh, First Amendment Comedy Club, and you know, if, you know, everybody would do it. And I was just we were on the, at the, on the same night, so it was like you know, right. we were, on the same there. bill. Yeah, on the same bill, right? Um, but yeah, man. But it's no, it, it was cool working on Steinfeld. It was. I I really I had never watched it. Oh, I, really? Because I did it. Yeah, I I did it in '91. I did it when the week that we were shooting the Persian Gulf War broke out. Oh wow! Yeah. So. So this is yeah, quite man. a while ago. Yeah, it's quite a while. So, um, yeah, so I still have to say I was I'm back in L.A. in 95, and I'm living with my girlfriend then in, in 95, and she loves Seinfeld, so that's when I started watching Seinfeld. I had never even watched it prior to that. So even though I started in 91, I didn't start watching Seinfeld in 95, like, man, this show's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> hilarious. You know, yeah, then looking back on it, man, I, I should have been nicer to those people. Maybe I would have just put back on the show. No, I, was, I, was, I wasn't a jerk anything, but you know, just you know how that goes, man. Like, you know, if I'd known then what I know now and all that yeah. stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's probably yeah, for but the I, best. You didn't know. You might have been nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah you but, ain't kidding, but you, you, yeah. you're probably exactly right about that because I'm I, I better when I don't know much. <laughs> well, you know you're not getting shit for this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're getting zero, buddy. Just so you know. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, man. Um, but then you know you like I had done a few a few guest spots on sitcom '67. I did a, a a guest spot on the show called Amen with uh, Sherman Hemsley and Clifton Davis. Oh my God. Uh, George Jefferson. Yeah, 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 George Jefferson. And I played uh, an environmentalist who had dumped his girlfriend for in pursuit of his career. Wow. And you know who my girlfriend was on the show? <laughs> who? Mm-hmm. Halle Berry. No, oh. man. Uh, you could do worse than that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, at the, but at the time, you know, I mean, she's, Trying to make like you know everybody. I mean, and it's funny she had a Jake story too. Without you know, it's like yeah, because because. Uh, so you, your character me, dumped Halle Berry. I think I was neglecting her for the environment. Ah, okay, That's me too. Yeah. So. Uh, that's how, that's how important the environment was at the time. <laughs> You're just a dedicated man. You just are dedicated yeah, to yeah. society. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that and my priorities were completely messed up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man. So um, did that. But oh, I'm just gonna say that you know you you do you do things and you don't know how it's gonna be received or how it's going to, you know, affect the culture or impact the culture. Like, who knew Seinfeld was going to be what it became or, right. you know, have such an impact? I mean, to this day now, that's still my favorite sitcom ever. Yeah, it's 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 my favorite, too, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, we we appreciate you taking time out of your uh, your day. I understand you're in the car uh, coming back from Costco. So... Oh, <laughs> uh, Sam's Club. What's that? Yeah. Oh, Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Totally different. Similar, similar to Costco, but a worse uh, employee insurance program. <laughs> That's right, because it's owned by the Waltons. Well, thank you yeah. for, for being on the show. And, you know, if people want to follow you online, what's the best way to follow you? Well, I'm on Facebook, which I know sounds old school. I don't know. I we're old. actually... <laughs> yeah, I have an Instagram account, but I have never, I don't have my picture on it. I've never posted <laughs> one single thing on it. But here's the crazy part. I got 62 followers. Hey, how about that? 
Yeah. All People right. can't wait to see what I'm not going to do. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. There's something you can post on Instagram. Yeah, I'm going to do that, man. I got to I gotta tighten up my social media game, especially now. All right, well, good luck on the album. You know, hope it uh, does well, and and we really appreciate being on the podcast. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And like I said, people, I need to either sell, I need a million people to buy a copy, or I need one person to buy a million copies. All right, <laughs> so either would be yeah. fine. Yeah, either I'm cool with either one. That sounds yeah. good, Dwayne. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you very much to our guests, uh, John Landecker and Dwayne Kennedy. That was fun. That was great. Dwayne is, uh, I, since we've talked to him, um, since we, uh, since I knew he was going to be on the air, I have, uh, watched a lot of his stuff on YouTube. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. He's really, he's he's really, really, really good. Go get his CD too. Cause, uh, he needs to sell a few of those. Uh, if you want to find us, you can go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Search for Radio Misfits. That's where you'll find us. A special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio is indebted. Just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Man. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opi Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, this week on And Friends, it's going to be our 30th anniversary special. During this time, we're going to be taking some new experimental routes. We're changing things up, playing some games. I shake the news up a little bit by making it two truths and a lie. And I bring a new game to the table where I ask them to figure out which internet challenge is the real one. All that and more on And Friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just move to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. If you missed Losano or Losano and friends, here's what you missed. I'm Rokan. Do you like to talk about (laughs) politics? I actually don't. Politics, the problem is I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like discussing it from that left-right paradigm the way that that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the, either, you know, the hosts are either, you know, very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, most of them are very far to the right. And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. I would say that two-thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe anything that they're saying. They're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple things that worry me about the future. This is, I'm getting to be an old man because it's like, I all of a sudden, you know, back in my day, we didn't have (laughs) Armenian girls having sex with black guys. (laughs) You know, I'm like, what? (laughs) What are they talking about? I don't know. And this is not against, you know, the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy, because I, I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, but I, I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a centrist. I could yeah. see both sides, and I decide who's who's got the better idea at that moment right. that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always right. some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and no. most of the right stuff doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I've always said MSNBC and Fox News, neither of them are news channels. They're no, entertainment no, no. channels. Oh, and it's that's, all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the labeled news on it and presented like news. Right. And it's like, no, it's just talking point. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertaining. And I've worked in cable news, yeah. and I use that term loosely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know, do you I think know. that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN. Yeah. To bring this around full circle, he was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Glenn... Yeah. As a showman, I mean, he's he, he didn't get in this for the right. politics of it. Right, right. I think Rush truly believes what he says. 
Really? I do. I yeah. always thought of him as more of an entertainer uh-uh. than anything. No, wow. I think he really believes it. Mm. And he's very he's entertaining at doing it. He's yeah. very entertaining at doing and it. And he could do it without calls. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's what very saying. few guys can do that. Right. There's everybody in conservative talk radio has a first and last name. That's just like the same thing. Hugh Hewitt. <laughs> and uh, like Lou Lewis. And there's guys. I mean, literally, there are guys that, you know, Tom Thompson. It's like, really? <laughs> you think we're that stupid? <laughs> we can't remember your name? That you have to name yourself twice? <laughs> Assholes. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.